Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Before we begin, I've got some big news. I have just written my first book, Happy Not Perfect, Upgrade Your Mind, Challenge Your Thoughts and Free Yourself from Anxiety. The book will teach you my easy flex method for more flexible thoughts that will help change your thinking to transform your life. You'll read about my own journey from stress, low self-esteem and negativity and how I was able to turn it around by learning how my mind worked from world leading experts like my podcast guests and understanding what would help my mind work better for me. If you've enjoyed my show, please pre-order the book in the link in the show notes. I can't wait for you to read it and start practicing a flexible mindset. The moon turns the tides on the earth. The moon keeps the earth on its axis. So the moon gives us seasons. The moon gives us rhythm and flow. And to me, the biggest lesson I've learned from the moon is that we expect life to be linear. And so we expect this linear life where everything's the same all day, every day, where we're the same all day, every day. And if we can take lessons from the moon who goes through a different phase, nearly every single day she's changing, you stop trying to control who you are when you let yourself come into a more cyclical way of living, which is it's how we should live. Hello and welcome to the Not Perfect Podcast. I'm your host, Poppy Jamie, the founder of award-winning mindfulness app, Happy Not Perfect. And this show is about upgrading our mind, our energy and our understanding of how we can live life to our fullest potential. Over the next few weeks, I'm interviewing thought leaders, scientists, nutritionists and experts to share tips and tricks for how we can shed the old and step into the new. I hope you join me on the journey. On today's show, we are diving in to the moon, quite literally. My guest is Kirsty Gallagher, the wonderful author of Lunar Living. She's a meditation teacher, inspirational speaker, and life coach. Kirsty is a best-selling author and just released the Lunar Living Journal to accompany her brilliant first book. So 
Some of you may know, but my astrological star sign is Cancer. And for those who follow astrology, those born in July are ruled by the moon. So when Kirsty's book arrived on my desk, I was deeply fascinated about what we could learn through her study of lunar sequences. For centuries, the moon has been significant for our species. So I'm really excited to understand what it means and the benefits of us all being more in tune with the moon. What is a favorite quote you return to often and why? I think just given the work that I do, a quote that comes to me often, and especially in the recent times we've been in, is the the whole, um, I suppose, quote theme around, even when the moon is not full, she's still always whole. I try and remind myself that even on the days that I feel far from full and a little bit running on empty and like I don't have the answers and I don't know what's going on and I'm not shining brightly, we're still whole humans. It's like there's nothing wrong with you and it's absolutely okay to bring it to lunar cycles again, to go through phases, you know, to to go from empty to full to half to here. And I try and remind myself of that often, that even when I can't necessarily see the moon, she's still there. She's still whole. She's still perfect. Gosh, I love that. My mum often uses nature to kind of remind me of things, you know, where trees lose their leaves every year. This idea that nature reminds us that it's so okay to be in constant different seasons in our life, but yet for some reason we forget and maintain this idea that we've got to be perfect. Absolutely. Uh, What's a recent life lesson you've been reminded of? Even to what we've all been through on the last year, as, as much as we've all got through this differently, I think it's important to always try and remember that life is always trying to work for us. And exactly what you've just said, even around seasons, that if we can surrender and we can allow ourselves to flow with life and what's happening more than try and struggle and grip and control. And the times I've struggled even mentally, emotionally, the most through the past few months is those times when I've I've wanted answers, I've wanted control in a situation that cannot be controlled. And so I think surrender is always a key thing that I try to keep coming back to, that of course we've got to live and manoeuvre life, but if we can find also a certain amount of surrender and not trying to grip and control too much, things tend to work out anyway. Absolutely. And is there anything you immediately turn to on this point of surrender when suddenly you have that little nudge of awareness of like, okay, I'm trying to control right now. and Oh, maybe I should surrender. What do you then do to kind of like kick that into motion, this ability to surrender? Honestly, I lie on the floor, which I know sounds really crazy, but I get as close to the earth as I can possibly get to. So I'll literally lay on the floor and then I always return to... I mean, you touched so beautifully on it before about nature just being a reminder. I use nature for all my analogies, all the work I do. And I then come back to that space of allowing myself to be held by the earth, feeling that I've got support beneath me and all around me. And then breath is also a big thing for me of just noticing how much I'm trying to even control my own breathing, how much I'm even trying to grip onto that and spending just a few minutes of allowing that 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 breath and also then feeling into my body and you'll realize I then realize how much I'm gripping my hands I realize how much I'm holding my shoulders I realize how much I've got a clench in my jaw I realize how much I'm gripping my belly and just that process of going from head down to toes of just allowing everything in your body to unclench and release and soften sometimes just letting go of your hands just feels like oh I just feel like I've let go of, of something I've been trying to manage 
other times I lay on my belly and it's a really beautiful exercise to see how much can I allow myself to be held and supported in this moment? How much of me is trying to resist completely giving into the earth and the floor and letting myself be held? And there's something so visceral and so primal about allowing myself to be connected by the earth and then letting go enough to trust I am being held, not just on the floor in that moment, but that that same nature that surround me, that same life force energy, call it what you want to call it, is still around me all the time and I can lean into it anytime I need to, but we forget it's there. How do you define happiness? I think for me, happiness is being able to live each day on purpose. And by that, I mean moving through a day, doing what feels purposeful to me and being able to move through days and weeks in, in a flow space. So I'm, I'm happy when I'm, I'm allowed to be in, in flow, where on the days I feel super creative, I can be in that creative space on the days when I feel like I want to lay on the floor, I can lay on the floor. And so happiness for me is feeling at the end of pretty much every day that I've been on purpose that I've made a difference in my own way that brings me such joy I really like how you've um, included purpose in the same sentence as day and kind of given us that insight that every day is a new purpose I love that totally our lives are lots and lots of little purposes that will eventually perhaps lead you to this big purpose where I think we also need to redefine that our purpose doesn't necessarily need to be the job that we do. For many of us, it becomes that because when you're so passionate about something that you can't help but do it. But for some people, initially, your purpose might be the one in your friendship group that everyone comes to and they need some support or holding. Your purpose might be to be an incredible parent. Your purpose might be to be an incredible admin manager who makes everyone's lives around you way easier it might be to be an accountant so we need to let go of a purpose as being you have to like run off to India and be a yoga teacher and give everything up and your purpose is lots of little 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 purposes that unfold and change and unravel as you go through your life and so let this be a journey enjoy it you know I often say that to people that you're never going to get to this like pot of gold at the end of a rainbow where everything's going to suddenly you know magically be okay enjoy the journey enjoy the discoveries of your purpose enjoy finding out more about yourself with every new purpose that comes through So for you, your journey has very much been, I suppose, in partner with the moon, I guess. From Mm. what I've read, 12 years ago, you had a huge life shift and started to understand this importance of the moon that, you know, and how the moon interacts with our life. So to start simply, why is the moon important? The moon turns the tides on the earth. The moon keeps the earth on its axis. Without the moon or or the gravitational pull of the moon, our days would, scientists say, be only six to eight hours long rather than 24 hours long. So the moon gives us seasons. The moon gives us rhythm and flow. And to me, the biggest lesson I've learned from the moon is that we expect life to be linear. And so we expect this linear life where everything's the same all day, every day, where we're the same all day, every day. And so we've lost touch with nature. We've lost touch with, and we are part of nature, like the same nature that tells the buds when to bloom and tells the trees when to lose their leaves. It's the same life force energy that moves through each and every one of us. And we've just lost touch with this whole huge part of our lives and try to jam ourselves into this 
well, I felt happy yesterday. Why do I feel sad today? Or everything worked yesterday. Why is it not working today? And if we can take lessons from the moon who goes through a different phase, nearly every single day she's changing, it once more gives us permission to allow ourselves to change, to allow ourselves to flow, to allow ourselves. I mean, especially as women, I can go through every season in an hour, let alone a day, a week or a month. And you stop trying to control who you are when you let yourself come into a more cyclical way of living, which is, is how we should live. I really loved reading about that in your book. And you talk about how the moon isn't just kind of full moon, no moon. It's a bit Mm. more complicated than that. Would you mind talking us through the phases? So I always start with what's known as the dark moon. The dark moon is a couple of days before the new moon. And I always start here because it's, first of all, the stage of the lunar cycle that a lot of people will feel without realizing that's what they're feeling and also it's the ending that creates a beginning and quite often there has to be an ending before there is a new beginning of some description so the dark moon is the lowest energetic point and emotional point of the lunar cycle so it's where we're most likely to feel very very emotional it's the time that we question everything it's the time that our relationships will start to feel like they're difficult or challenging whether that's love personal family friendships work it's the time that we're most likely um to feel the sense of not perhaps loving the job that we do or the place that we live. So it's the time when we're really just going to feel like everything is sort of going wrong in inverted commas. And this is really key because this is where the moon takes us into ourselves to show us where we're out of alignment. So where we're not perhaps living our truth or purpose or passion, and we're allowing ourselves to try and push into that more masculine way of living. And so then when the new moon comes a couple of days later, which is the start of the lunar cycle, the new moon says, okay, you figured out what you don't want. What do you want? What is it that you really do want? So the new moon is a part of the lunar cycle that we set intentions for the lunar cycle ahead. We set intentions for what we want from our life. We set in motion changes that we want to create. And each phase of the moon lasts about three and a half to four days. So the moon just being that feminine flow, there's not an exact, the only exact points of the lunar cycle are the new and the full moon and the first and last quarter moon. So if you imagine a clock, they'd be 12 o'clock, three o'clock, six o'clock, nine o'clock. They're the points where there's an exact moment where those phases happen. But aside from that, the moon kind of just merges from one to the next. So I normally say to people first beginning with this, give about three, four days to each phase. So we get this couple of days of the new moon where we check in, okay, what do I want? What do I want to create? And after a few days, we have what's called the waxing crescent moon, where we'll see the first little tiny sliver of the moon in the sky. And this is the sign now to start doing. So as the moon waxes and grows, this is the doing part of the lunar cycle. So that little first sliver of the moon in the sky is like, okay, let's start to bring your dreams to life now. What do you need to put in place? What do you need to gather? What help do you need? What assistance do you need? How do we now begin to bring this into reality and put this into motion? So I love what you just said just then in terms of like, you know, asking yourself the question, what help do I need? What do I need to put, you know, in place? Because I feel that a lot of people are very good at setting the intention. They're like, oh, okay, I want this. But then that what you just said then, seeing that, you know, beginning of, okay, well, now how do I make this happen? Do you find that with a lot of people, people ask you about that kind of, well, how do I then activate this intention that I've just said? Yes. And that's why, again, lunar living and and I try and do this work is because, again, there's clear energies that we can work with. 
What also happens around this phase is just like the moon is only a tiny little sliver in the sky and she's far from full. A lot of people feel at this stage as well that like, it's too big. It's like, it's too far away. The dream's not there. It's only small. I'm never going to be able to make it happen. And it's, it's important then to notice the moon every night. She doesn't go from zero to full. She goes through that little every night, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. We need to learn to do the same. So again, in our modern day world with click and it's here the next day, we want everything immediately. And so again, we've lost sight of actually allowing ourselves to flow to work towards something to work towards a journey we want to be at the end result right now and Luna living teaches us but there's a whole you'd miss this whole two weeks of this journey if you just went straight to full and then what would you have learned you know start slowly let it just be a glimmer within you ask for the help that you need put the plan in place and even if it doesn't seem like it's happening yet hold that that little bit of trust within you that it's it's coming and then watch the moon each night watch her grow watch her start to light up and visualize that same thing happening to your dreams as well so we get a few days later, what's known as the first quarter moon, which is where the moon is exactly half full in the sky. You'll look in the sky, you'll see exactly half of the moon. And this is a really interesting point of the lunar cycle because most people love this stage because it's the moment of the lunar cycle where synchronicities just seem to happen. So you'll think about someone and they'll call or you'll need that bit of information and suddenly someone will give you a book and it's the part of the lunar cycle where people are like, whoa, synchronicities, like things are starting to happen. And it's really important at this phase that just like the moon is beginning to show herself in the sky, we say yes to every opportunity. We really start to put ourselves out there more in the world and go after what we want, be a little bit brave, be a bit bold, give some energy to what we want. But it's also the part of the lunar cycle that will notice little doubts creep in. So the inner critic might tap you on the shoulder and be like, oh, you, you're going to go to that event? Or do you really think you should make that phone call? Or the doubt will come rushing in or all of those things. And it's important at this part of the lunar cycle to not act on them, but take note of them. A few days later, we get what's called the waxing gibbous part of the lunar cycle, which is where the moon's almost full. And this is the time where people don't sleep. So when you hear people around a full moon saying, oh, I can't sleep because it's a full moon. <laughs> It's crazy. I never sleep during a full moon. It's yeah. it's so nuts. I'm wet 3am. I'm wide awake. Let me tell you why. <laughs> so this is the part of the lunar cycle now where the moon is almost full and she gives you this last big push of lunar energy to get there. So she's like, listen, two weeks ago, you set these intentions. Don't give up on them now. Like, what are you doing? You've got work to do. You've got things to create. You've got to write through the night. I'm giving you this really big push of energy to get this done. So I say to people often, if you find you don't sleep around a full moon, pay attention to what's going through your mind in those early hours. Pay attention because that, that's going to give you an insight into what still needs to be done before the moon goes full. Because the moon is the watery inner world of our emotions and subconscious, the moon will often talk to you through dreams, through emotions, through ruminations in the early hours of the morning. That's when you're going to really feel her effects the most. And then we get the full moon. So the full moon is a moment of celebration, completion and release. So on a full moon with that full light of the moon beaming down, we get to look at our lives and go, first of all, this is what I did achieve. It's really important to celebrate ourselves. We don't do it enough. So first of all, celebrate what you did achieve. Celebrate what you did put in motion. Celebrate what you did do. 
And then the moon gives us a chance to look back and see where we got in our own way. So where perhaps we let that little doubting voice prevent us from saying yes to that opportunity, or we let the little critic prevent us from making that phone call, or we let self-doubt stand in the way from really stepping on stage and shining. The full moon will highlight all of this for us. So we get to look back over those two weeks and kind of really go like, oof, okay. A few nights later, the moon will lose a little bit of her energy and power because I always suggest to people don't do anything on a full moon. Like your energy is going to be heightened. Our emotions are on the surface. Anger, frustration normally tends to come around a full moon. And this normally tends to come around opportunities missed. So if we get really honest with ourselves about why we're feeling a little angry or frustrated around a full moon, it's normally when we get really honest because of what we've allowed to stand in the way from where we've let other people pull us off track or mm. other people cause us to doubt in ourselves or we didn't put that belief in ourselves we'll really find emotions heightened at a full moon so try just to be with that and not do anything but a full a few days later the moon will start to wane a little bit the waning gibbous phase of the lunar cycle and this is where we reflect so the peak emotions dissipated a little bit now we've got a little step back and we get to reflect okay, that's what I let stand in my way. That's who I allowed to get into my head. That's what I didn't do. Let me reflect on all of this. And then I can see where things again didn't flow, didn't move. Last quarter moon is when again, the moon is exactly halfway full. And this is now the releasing part of the lunar cycle. So just as the moon is getting smaller in the sky, her energies are encouraging us. And this is really important because a lot of people make wishes wait to the full moon and then go, oh, I'll start again on the new moon. <laughs> if we don't do the work of releasing what stood in the way, it's going to come back up every single lunar cycle. So if we don't do the work of addressing the critic or the doubter or our lack of self-belief or the people in our lives who don't champion our dreams or letting go of the job that sucks a little bit of our soul every day or if we don't do the work of releasing that it's going to keep getting in the way so this is the part of the lunar cycle where we do that work we release we let go and how do you suggest people do that because maybe I'm running ahead about because I want to go dive into like why you love journaling but <laughs> is there anything is there any questions that you specifically recommend during that time I think it's really important to have a look back and reflect over the first part of the lunar cycle about what getting what got in the way. And then it's about being really honest with ourselves. And, and again, we live in a world where it's much easier to point the finger and blame everything else around us. Mm. But if we can get really honest and really clear about what stood in the way of achieving what we wanted. So I, I recommend journaling. I then recommend things like affirmations are really key around that last quarter moon. So if you found out that it was a lack of self-belief that stood in your way, you didn't believe in yourself, do some work around self-belief. I trust and believe in myself. I trust and believe in myself. I trust and believe in myself every day in the mirror. If you can do mirror work, look yourself in the eyes every day and tell yourself how capable you are, how worthy you are. If you didn't believe that you were worthy of your dreams, do some self-worth work. If you realized it was other people in your life, it's an amazing opportunity to put some boundaries in place. If you realized that it was because everyone else in your life wanted to pull you in 10 different directions and took you away from your dreams, it's an amazing time to put some boundaries in place to say I'm available then, but not then. I'm available for this much of time, but the rest of the time I'm going to give that time to myself. So boundary work is really important if we realize it's, it's other people and situations and then I think just really leaning into a sense of trust as well of if you realized it was the job. 
start to maybe use that time to look at what else is out there. What else would I want to be doing? What else is available to me? Just seeing what else is available and what else is possible. If it's relationships and a relationship feels like it's run its course, maybe having those difficult conversations, the just a few days after the full moon is the best time to have any difficult conversations because the emotions dissipated, but you'll have an ability to still be able to tune very deeply and to speak your truth. And so those conversations then will be um, much better received. So it might be that you have to have that difficult conversation around this really doesn't feel like it's working for me. Can we work together on this to change it? Or does this feel like it's, it's run a course? And then we'd set intentions then around the new moon if we stick with the relationship for better communication in my relationship or more love or more intimacy or whatever it is that you feel is not there for you. Can we do another lunar cycle of trying to put this in motion and work with it? Are there any practices? And obviously, I loved in your book how you said that when you were in India, actually during the full moon, you completely took a day off. And I actually thought, wow, that's a lovely thing to maybe incorporate in our lives where we just have this one day and it's so nice to do it in tune with the moon, just to say, I'm taking that day off. It doesn't have to be a weekend. It could just, if possible, you know, even if you're working during that day, if you could rearrange your schedule that you have more time off in the day or something. Absolutely. I think it's really key to do things like that. I often recommend to people more so to do that around kind of the dark moon time where you're going to really be feeling into your emotions because our emotions are signposts and they're constantly trying to tell us and give us information and Again, I feel a bit like we live in a world where we've labeled emotion and I want to feel that emotion, but I don't like that one and I don't want to feel it. So I'm going to push that one away, ignore it and suppress it until it gets so much that on a full moon, the lid's going to blow off because I've suppressed it so much. And so, I, I, again, it's a beautiful point you make. And I say that a lot, even if you are a parent, a busy parent. Ask for some support and lock yourself in the bathroom for just 45 minutes. Get in the bath and for those 45 minutes, put a hand over your heart, a hand over your belly and just breathe and, and just check in. How am I feeling? The first thing you and I said to each other is, hey, how are you? When do we ever ask that of ourselves? Ever. We, we never stop to ask it of ourselves. And as you begin to use those days and, and moments in time to just check in and go, how am I? Then we get to go, actually... Yeah, there has been this little underlying sadness or anxiety that's been around for a while. Okay, what is that? And otherwise, we just ignore it and we keep going further off track and further off track. And then we'll try and bring in material things to make us feel better. Or, you know, we'll, we'll do all those escapist things that people very often do rather than actually ever get into the underlying issue which is how am I am I moving in the direction I want to go and if not why not what are some signs that we potentially are disconnected from ourselves I think a feeling of numbness very often for most people it's that feeling of just being numb a feeling of I also think extreme emotion is often to do with this where we either go into those really deep dips or really high highs because very often then something will come along that for that moment makes us feel alive. Whereas for the most part, what we want to do when we're in connection with ourselves is kind of a beautiful flow state. I almost see it like a wave where there's just constant, beautiful, little undulating, little lift, little down, little lift. But on the whole, everything is kind of just a ripple effect. So it's a ripple rather than a, like a tsunami, like wave up and down. And it often saddens me. I, I often start a lot of workshops I do with asking people just to kind of place their hands over their heart and feel. And a lot of people are like, I don't know what you mean. I don't feel anything. 
that saddens me so much because I feel my heart all the time, but I guess I've had many years of actually listening and I understand for many people that when you've turned away from it for so long, it's like Pandora's box to suddenly turn back when you've got years of suppressed emotions and memories and things we've not dealt with surfacing. But that's where I wrote this book. I want everyone to just be able to feel and know themselves. What you've done is create a very safe framework to explore all the things that you were just talking about, because, you know, I fully relate to that. Emotions can be terrifying. And also Mm. we don't quite want to like fully feel because we're like, oh God, this is going to potentially have me crying for days or like, you know, just sometimes I think, you know, we don't know when they're going to stop (laughs) as soon as we let the gates open. And what you've done really well for everyone's listening, um, Kirsty in her second book, The Lunar Living Journal, there's questions every single phase that you've just taken us through. So you provided us a framework to explore, but also like a safety blanket that means you're not going to be left alone, you know, like, because it can be vulnerable going through this stuff. But I feel that you've done this in a very considered way. One of my biggest passions in life is to take the woo, the astrology, the moon and make it real and relatable. So I'm like, okay, you normal person on the street with a normal life, it doesn't need to be a big ceremony with incense and make it that beautiful. I do, but it doesn't need to be. It can just very simply be And I love skeptics, love skeptics. I love when I get people who are like, oh, whatever, because I'm like, just try it and notice the difference for yourself. And what nine times out of 10 happens, and even with a skeptic, I say to them, you know, how often do we, I mean, how quick is time going right now? Like, time is wild. (laughs) So we make New Year's resolutions. We don't do anything about them. It's cold, dark, gray, January, February. We think we'll do something about it perhaps in March. We've forgotten what they are. And by May, we've just gone off track completely. And then it's December again. Lunar Living and even the journal helps you at least twice a month on a new and full moon to stop and check in and go, where am I? Whoa, I'm all the way over there. How did I get there? Let's bring myself back. It gives us an opportunity month on month, moon on moon to flow and to hold ourselves accountable for the direction our life is going in versus just letting life like, or other people, you know, I say that in the journal that if we don't have a direction of our own, other people will just come along and take us in their direction. Why do you think it's so easy to fall into victim mentality when we kind of blame other people for making us feel certain ways we kind of blame other people for like taking us off course like why does that happen and and what are the first steps to bringing us back I honestly feel it's because then we get to shift responsibility and so then we don't need to take responsibility for our own lives because when I work with people part of the the hardest part in the beginning is accepting responsibility for being where you are right in this moment and that includes some of the the I don't want to use the word bad, but the hard, the difficult, the challenging things, because we all want to believe it's not my fault what's happened to me. But the issue there is the whole time it's somebody else's fault. We have no power or control over our own lives because we have to wait for them to change before my life can change. I have to wait for my boss to change before I can like my job more. I have to wait for my relationships to change before I can be happy. So we give our entire power away to something outside of us. As soon as we can accept responsibility, which is hard, we then have the power to make a change. 
And so I think the first and hardest part is accepting that responsibility of how I got here. And even just looking back over your life and joining the dots of that decision led there or not making that decision brought me here or not going after that brought me there. And like, oh, okay, now, now I see. But now comes the power. And I honestly believe that most of the time, people aren't afraid of failure. They're, they're afraid of success. We are afraid of our own power. So it's easier to make it everybody else's fault than take back the power. And again, we've historically been told, I'm going to put this perhaps a little more on women, although I really hope this is changing. Oh, who do you think she is? Who do you think she is going after what she wants? Like, mm. oh, God, look at her over there, like asking for what she wants. And oh, who do and I think we've, we've just lost sight of our own power and our own ability to have control over our own lives. Like if, if everyone listening right now knew how powerful they were and how their life was absolutely under their control, that gives power yet responsibility to then take back that responsibility and make that change. And so I feel like the first part is just getting really honest and clear with yourself and, and owning that responsibility for where you are so that you then give yourself the power to be able to change it. It is. I'm always so inspired by the women who are just don't give a shit. Mm. <laughs> They're just yeah. so fully in their power doing yeah. what they want. They just don't care what anyone is saying, doing. And I love this idea of, you know, you've created this journal because what it also reminds us of is it's actually hard work. It's not that we listen to this fabulous interview, Kirsty have inspired us loads. And I always get these like moments of aha when I listen to people like you and I'm like, yeah, you're right. We're afraid of the power. Woo. Like today, <laughs> you know, tomorrow we wake up with our old habits or whatever. Yeah. And it is, it's kind of hard work to like change this mentality. It absolutely is. I say this to clients all the time that if it was that easy, everybody would be doing this. It's a journey. It's a journey of self-discovering. It's a journey of shadow work. It's a journey of looking at the parts of ourselves that have run the show for so long. It's a journey of taking responsibility for staying in that relationship for too long, staying in that job for too long, and then looking at why and having to face the fact of, I was scared to leave. Okay, why were you scared? And digging deep is hard because I'd rather be like, no, it was his fault. It wasn't. <laughs> like, it wasn't. And it's a difficult journey, but equally, the highs, the, the discoveries, the gifts are so worth every moment you are on the bathroom floor on your hands and knees. They're worth every moment. They really, really are. But that comes from knowing yourself. Trust in yourself. And this brings me nicely on to the power of journaling. Yes. Why is journaling important? Because it helps you to get to know yourself. Yeah. It really, it really, really does. It helps you to get beneath the surface level of the mind into something deeper, into something more, into that part of you that you try to ignore and hide from. It takes you beneath the surface. I feel that one of the main problems I, I get asked about a lot that I think people first find with journaling, and I'd encourage anyone out there if needs be to do it to begin with, is to burn or destroy what you've written. You have no idea how many people have a real fear of their words being on paper and someone else reading it. Because then it comes that whole kind of shame or guilt thing when you're like, oh my God, what if someone else reads this and they know all like my deepest, darkest secrets and how I really feel they then wouldn't like me anymore or insert your own, you know, what your own shame story is. But when you can get beneath that, and I mean, I've always journaled and, and loved it. It takes us into 
those deep, dark little voices within us who run the show unless we bring them to the surface and bring them to light and realise that's a narrative that's running in there all day, every day, and we don't know it's there. It takes us into those deep emotions that we've been in denial about and we've been trying to avoid and we've not been listening to. It takes us into the same... And again, I don't want to call them mistakes because I believe nothing's a mistake if we learn from it. It takes into those repetitive behaviors that we're constantly repeating to the point where we're like, why do we always attract the same men? Why do we always attract the same situations? When we start to journal and get underneath that, we again discover the background programming that's running the show. But then once we know that that's there, we get to decide if we want to allow it to keep going or if we want to reprogram what that story is and start new but we've got to know what the old program is before we can wipe it and change it journaling takes us there and then journaling also helps us setting intentions yes but I feel that again this can also be a deeply confusing process what do you find people go wrong on when they're setting intentions and what are what are the best practices to set intentions I think initially one of the things that people sabotage themselves with is by setting a huge intention that's an entire life overhaul so they try and change everything and then obviously it doesn't change immediately so then they get into the mindset of well it doesn't work I'm just not going to do this anymore because it doesn't work so I say to people start small like our intuition our self-trust our self-belief is like a muscle that we need to train bit by bit and so I often talk to people about manifesting that it's that it's that funny old thing where you say ask for a car parking space because there's no emotional attachment to the car parking space. If you don't get it, it's not massively going to alter your life. But nine times out of 10, the car parking space appears when you ask for it. So begin with smaller things. And then when you achieve those smaller things, celebrate them. Be like, I did that. I did that. I wanted that. And I made that happen. Oh my God. If I can make that happen, what else can I make happen? So we almost in the beginning set ourselves up for failure. So we can say, see, knew it, knew it didn't work, knew it, knew it, knew it. It's actually, it's their fault anyway. Don't set yourself up for failure. Start with really small little things to begin with and then celebrate the heck out of yourself when you achieve them. And you will begin to move into what I was talking about earlier, which is enough trust then that when your intuitive voice says, quit your job and go to the other side of the world, you go like, terrified? Okay then, okay. We're not going to do that on day one. So start small, give as much as you can to that intention and dream. But then equally be honest with yourself about what you didn't give. And that can sometimes be hard because we want to believe, well, of course I'm giving everything to my dreams. Are you? But you have to sit there and go, damn it. No, okay. No, I didn't. I didn't do that. There's almost a part of our mind, like my mind twists at points like that because I can't believe I would do that to myself. But I do over and over and over and over again. So again, then be honest. What didn't you do? What did you allow to get in the way? How did you sabotage this? How did you stay small? And then we do the work again of how can I then work through this, release this, be aware of this so that next time I do it differently. 
I think just to have more conversations of acknowledging that we all self-sabotage the whole yes. time. Like it's it's practically normal to self-sabotage. Yes. So so just having this kind of honest, slightly uncomfortable conversations and we kind of think that we've done everything possible and wonder why it's not kind of like completely ended in the way that we wanted it to is a really, really nice tip. I'm dying to ask you about what is intuition and then what is your maybe fear mechanism kicking in it's so difficult we have got that inner critic voice and then we have our intuition voice how do you know which is which because the critic is loud the critic is normally more of a a negative vibe of what you haven't done what you can't do what you're not capable of The, the critic picks on us a little bit whereas the voice of your intuition is so quiet and is normally just one word the, the, our intuitive voice is normally just like yes whereas our critical go <laughs> the other thing we'll find with the the critic or the more ego voice is the the critic or the ego voice will change its mind your intuition will stay the same your intuition doesn't swap and change its mind with every conceivable your intuition is just yes quit your job and the ego mind will go yeah we should definitely quit actually no we shouldn't because I'm do it. but the voice of our intuition takes time because again we're, we're very much taught even in schools to use our brain. And I'm not going to say don't use your brain. Our brains are incredible tools when used in the right way. I'm not going to say like maths, English, all those things are not important because they are. But we're never taught to listen to that gut feeling. Mm. And we're taught, if anything, to override it because everyone else around you will go, oh, no, don't be silly. You can't quit your job. And it takes us time to learn to trust ourselves enough to listen to that because we've spent our whole entire lives listening to the voice in our heads. It takes dropping out of that and it takes following intuition once or twice to begin to trust it. But once you do, I live purely by intuition. I couldn't give you actual tangible reasons behind anything I've done over the past year apart from my intuition. That's how I live. So for me now, it's easier and I'm still going to, I'm, I'm not going to even begin to lie and say, I don't have days where I'm crippled by the voice in my mind, but I know enough then to just stop and drop into my heart and to come back into the feeling in there and to go back into the quiet and the still and to let the answers come to me rather than trying to force some control. So, um, oh gosh, this interview has just been so gloriously nutritious from Thank the minute you, you signed on. <laughs> How do we find you? Because you now have an actual club, don't you? Online, a lunar club, which people yes. are going to be a part of, which is so cool. And you've got so many resources on your website and you guys can find out all about you know your moon sign but I'd love to hear from you how can people find you questions and how can they start working with you what capacity do you work in I have a lunar living sisterhood which is a they're an incredible sisterhood where we work together to follow the cycles of the moon so they get all the information they need about every new and full moon from me guided meditation specific to that moon soul inquiry sheets to fill out so it takes us into that soul level and gets us to journal on that and inquire into that and then there's a really beautiful supportive like facebook group we get together and hold moon circles together as well for people that don't necessarily want that commitment i also have what's called the soul space which is a lunar yoga and meditation class specific to every new and full moon so we hold those now every new and full moon so I started those because my intuition told me to last March when we went into the first lockdown in the UK and they've gone from 50 people to like 250 people like the community on there is incredible and we just come together under each new and full moon and we use 
physical movement of our bodies to draw those lunar energies down so quite often we hold our emotions in our bodies we hold everything in and we use our our movement then to unravel to unwind to use the energies of the moon and, and really feel into that moon so I do those as well um, and then I do group coaching every spring equinox um, we open up doors for that and that's a 12-week journey that I guide with kind of a small group of women where we again form a little sisterhood and we touch on a lot of the things you and I have talked about today from self-sabotage to limiting beliefs to shadow work and it's just it's I call it a journey home to yourself so it's a journey where we journey together to find our way back home and then, as you say, I try and put a lot of free resources on my Instagram, which is just Kirsty Gallagher about each new and full moon and about the planetary movements we've got going on that affect us. And so and my website holds a lot. I try and put a lot of re- like free resources on there as well, because um, I just want as many people as possible to just find their way back to this style of living. And part of that is hopefully lunar cycles. And if I can hold space or share or encourage just one or two people to do that, that's that's my work done. Well, thank you so much. And all of those will be in the show notes um, as well. So everyone can and have a look there. Thank you so much, Kirsty, for being on today's show. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening. It would be a huge support if you wouldn't mind rating, subscribing and sharing this podcast. I also would love to hear from you. So please find me at Poppy Jamie on Instagram, DM me and I would love to hear your thoughts on any of the topics that we discuss. Download Happy Not Perfect, my app that's designed to boost your mood and help you sleep and give you mindfulness in less than five minutes. It's packed full of science-backed tools and rituals to give your mind the care it needs. Sending lots of love and energy. See you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.